You're listening to The Droidcast, a dog and pup production starring Roger and Tristan. Each week, this father and son team brings you news, interviews, and information about Star Wars The Old Republic. Hello and welcome to the Droidcast. This is Roger coming to you on Sunday, the 11th of March. And of course, I've got Tristan with me. How's it going, buddy? Good. How are you this week? I'm doing fantastic. We had actually a pretty good week of gaming on our Republic side characters, but we'll get into that a little bit later on. We're also very happy to have a guest with us this week, and it is Brian Wagner, a.k.a. Azros, although... I'm thinking from now on you're going to be AKA that guy who proposed to his girlfriend at the Gills <laughs> Summit. So welcome to the show. Be. Yeah, Thank I think you. so. <laughs> yeah. What exactly brought this on? I can't uh, imagine you planned it that far in advance. Uh, absolutely not. No, it was like the whole process of getting invited to the Guild Summit happened so fast. Um, and it just happened that my girlfriend and I were talking about it and looking at rings and stuff. So uh, I got invited to it and... Um, we got an email about a week or so before um, saying, you know, there's a couple people who have uh, said that they can't come or whatever. So we have, if anybody wants to bring a plus one at their own expense, let me know and we'll get you invited. So it just happened that that night was the night that we went to pick up the ring because um, I made sure to let her pick it out and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Wise move. <laughs> yeah, so I just I emailed David Bass back and I told him, you know, hey, she's coming down anyway. She's just going to hang out at the hotel. She plays and she'd get a kick out of it. Um, and I'm thinking about, you know, popping the question while we're down there anyways because it was a, it would just be a good vacation and getaway and, um, and do that. And from there, he's like, if you're gonna, if you're like for real about this, we want to help you and we have all these things at our disposal and we'll help plan it and we'll do the whole thing. So for the next week, it was basically like a complete whirlwind of working with a bunch of guys at Bioware and um, going through and planning everything. And it, it all came out really, really well. You got to give those guys credit. I mean, when oh, you've huge. got a freaking gaming company that will go out of their way for a fan like this, that yeah. you got to give them props. That is amazing. Yeah. And I, I couldn't, thank them enough when we were down there because it wasn't just uh you know Stephen reed and david bass that went through this but i mean the people that really didn't have to be involved like hall hood who's one of the writers he kind of helped me come up with you know some ideas on how to do it and he actually <laughs> had a writing awesome. team kind of brainstorm <laughs> on what we could do um, uh, <laughs> brian arndt who's on the creative services team he does all the uh videos like the promotional videos that 1.2 video that just came out he did that um he was he, I don't know if he actually leads or he's just a part of the 501st um, group that is based out of Austin. So he brought four or f- five, I think, um, guys dressed up in stormtrooper armor and a guy dressed up as Revan <laughs> and another guy dressed up as just an imperial officer. So yeah, there was a there was a whole bunch of help and it was it was hugely absolutely nuts. That yeah, is just nuts. And the fact that it all came together within the span of about four to five days was even crazier. Yeah, that's, yeah you got to, that's that's epic. That is, especially, yeah. you're probably the only guy ever who had a writing team help him with his proposal. That's. Yeah. When, when Hall said he was going to do that, because I'm not the most creative guy in the world. And so I knew I had like all these resources and I'm like, I have no idea what to do with this. And so I've talked to him through Twitter a couple of times. I said, hey, you know, you're probably the most creative guy I know. Can you have any ideas on what to do? And he immediately DM'd me back. He said, I'll do you one better, and I'll put the the writing team that's in today <laughs> on this for the rest of the day, and we'll get you some ideas. And at that point, I just freaked out because that's, that's incredible. Yeah. No kidding. That is absolutely – congratulations to the both of you. That's you. really, really, really damn cool. So when are you guys planning the actual wedding? Uh, probably December of next year. So okay. 2013. So lots of time. Okay. <laughs> so let's move on then. You mentioned that, uh, the 1.2 video, let's just, we'll briefly touch on what they talked about and then we'll break it down from there. So in that Guild Summit video, or sorry, in the, uh, the 1.2 legacy video, what we did see is they talked about the new war zone, uh, Novara coast. And then we got, uh, the new operation. We got the new flashpoint. We got the extended, uh, legacy system. We got advanced UI customization, improved character textures, finally, appearance customizations, Warzone rankings, in-game events, uh, new Corellia daily missions, new mini pets, um, guild banks, new gear, new vehicles, 
Um, extractable tier two mods, new lightsaber colors, ship droids gain affection, which is awesome. New yeah. crafting schematics, craftable augments, legacy item drops, and new roleplay emotes. There's now, a few things in this patch. I'm thinking that the audience must have went a little bit ballistic when this video was played the first time. Yeah, it was not only just to see all that info, but to see it there and have, you know, the guys, you know, Daniel Erickson and James Olin and all kind of intro it and tell us what it's going to be in there. It was, it was, it was literally mind blowing, at least for me, who's totally geeks out at all that stuff. But for everybody who was there, it was like the cheering just went through the roof. It was, it was out of control. Yeah, Tristan and I have watched it a few times now, and it's just one of those, especially for us, because we're so excited about the legacy stuff. It's just, you see that, and it's just kind of mind-numbing. It's just, we cannot wait for it. Yeah. It it all looks really, really good. Okay, so before we actually get into this, though, now, you, what are you playing in-game? Everything. Uh, You're playing every (laughs) single character. Okay. Uh, Yeah, actually, I mean, I know that's kind of a cop-out. My main's a 50 trooper, and I do operation stuff on him. Um, And then I have... I have an alt of every class, whether or not I'm actually fully playing is a different story. Um, Lately, I've been playing uh, an agent with my girlfriend, and she's playing a bounty hunter. And so we play that um, exclusively together, which has been pretty fun. Um, But I also have a Jedi Knight in its mid-40s. I have a Sith Warrior in its mid-20s. I have just a consular I was messing around with today that I've deleted and recreated about five times. Um, Here, but I have all, sinister. <laughs> yeah, I have, yeah, no doubt. I have I have all eight slots on on Julio filled, um, with one of each class. So, with the hope of eventually having them all leveled at some point. Actually, the trooper is the one that Tristan just started. Um, just recently, he's been doing that, and then I've been playing a counselor as well as a, a smuggler on that realm as well. So we've been having fun with that. You've been enjoying the trooper quite a bit, haven't you, kiddo? Yeah, it's cool. And at the starting, it is crazy powerful. Yep. Yeah, and then you're saying you're, you've are you been playing the Agent Bounty Hunter. That's actually the first team-up that we had that we still go back to routinely. And yeah. it's a very, very powerful combo, especially yeah. if you go healing, I find, with the, the operative. It is, oh, my God, you can rip through anything. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just, like, I'm a sniper and she's a mercenary. We're both DPS and... But we have companions to fill the, yep. you know, the extra roles that we need, so we can just focus on kicking the crap out of everything. Yeah, we had uh, Mako healing for the longest time because I've actually got two agents, and one of them is sniper, and the other one is a, a healer now. And yeah. Uh, yeah, Mako does a surprisingly good job actually, and especially she's a little cons- weaker at the beginning, but she really like once you hit your twenty, she really kind of comes out of. Well, out especially of- if you get her some decent gear. Yep. It's surprising how well you can do with Mako, which, I mean, you get her right from the get-go. So it's a, it's an unfair advantage for the bounty hunters, in my yeah. opinion. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about the, uh, we'll go into through the individual panels, and we'll start with the operations and flashpoints. And uh, what do we get here? We got um, the state of the existing operations and talking about the 38% of level 50s who have done an operation. And then they were talking about the looting system that's going to be fixed for normal, um, how it needs to be improved. And then they were talking about the hard mode and nightmare modes as well, which are going to be coming, becoming uh, even more challenging because a lot of people don't think they're challenging enough now. Yeah, the thing that they really stressed was the fact that normal mode they don't want that to be a, kind of a guild progression mode. They want that to be the way, kind of like the way that I know this is probably a four-letter word. The way that WoW is doing um, with looking for raid, they want it to be the story mode. So people that may not be, you know, heavy raiders or even light raiders at all, they can go in with a group, um, just kind of stomp through it without much difficulty to see. Since they said that operations are going to be a major story progression part of the game, so um, to let people go through and 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 see all that stuff, and then beef up hard modes and then make nightmare modes actually a nightmare and see i'm all for that i think that's fantastic because it does allow essentially everybody to enjoy um all of the content in the stories and that's important like i know that my rating days are pretty much behind me i i did you wouldn't say wow like i was in wow beta and uh played for great many years and early on i did all of those raids and everything and 
I find it far too consuming as a father of four, you know, and working full time. I just don't have the time for that anymore. And right. so being able to now look at this and know that I, I don't have to worry that I'm never going to see some of the content because it's in operations and I just don't have time for that crap. Right. Well, no, I will be able to. I can go in with the gear that I have and enjoy the story. So exactly. And there's a lot of people that are in the same boat because I'm finding that not to dis WoW because I've I've met a, a ton of great adults in WoW, but I'm finding that I'm coming across a lot more adults in Star Wars as well. So oh, yeah. there's a lot of us that are in the same boat. We're parents. We work full time. I don't have time to be grinding for the materials that I need for a hard mode or nightmare op. Um, right. More power to those that can though, which is great that they are beefing it up to make it harder. Yeah. And I, and I think it's it's good because if you're going to make a game that one of the big ten poles of it is the story and that's how you want to draw people in and then you put the story in and make it inaccessible to people, that to me seems kind of that doesn't sound like the best decision. Yeah, it's kind so of the fact that they're doing yeah, they're doing it this way, it sounds like it's going to be pretty pretty balanced to let people do that. So that's exciting. Yeah. How much did they actually talk about the explosive com uh, conflict, the new op? Not at all. I mean, they they just we saw it a little bit in the trailer. But I think that's something that they're going to kind of hold a little closer to the vest, whether or not it's because it's not finished um, or anything like that. The only thing that they did say is that there will no, there won't be an, a nightmare mode once the patch drops initially. It'll just be story mode and then hard and then nightmare mode because they really want to make it um, make it really challenging. It's going to come probably a few weeks afterwards. Yeah. So this wasn't something that they were actually talking about off the panels kind of thing when you guys were meeting either. The only information that they had, we got the the second, well, technically the third day, the second day of, of panels and stuff, when we had more of an open Q&A from, from all the people that were there was there were people that were concerned that especially some of the higher end rating guilds that were concerned that there wasn't enough information on it. And it's the big 800 pound elephant in the room was that we were as GMs, we're trying to find out how we can keep our members involved since a lot of us have seen drop-offs. So the, the higher end rating guilds wanted to know what could we tell our guys to get fired up about this stuff? Cause if we've already cleared nightmare right now and we have that to look forward to legacy's not going to keep them. And you know, that's, that's not the things that they want. They want to know what the big next challenges are, but they, they didn't have much. They said it's going to be about the same, number of bosses the same length of time as uh, current operations um, they just want to make it mechanically more difficult for people so not more of a, of a gear curve but more of you know it's going to take more coordination more strategy which is something that unfortunately like we did see that immensely in wow where it was just go in and spank and tank everything yeah. and you don't have to worry about any kind of crowd control or anything like that and i know that that is what's happening in some of these ops and flashpoints as well is you really don't have to worry too much about crowd control so yeah. I mean, or they're immune to it so yeah, yeah. So it's, it's good that they're looking at that. Uh, in terms of that Flashpoint, there is a new Flashpoint that's coming through, which is going to be the continuation of the story that just recently started. That's going to be Lost Island. Yeah. Um, and then I the, get to play that a little bit, too. And what do you think? It, um, it's, it's a Flashpoint. I mean, it's based on Ord Mantell. It's on an island that nobody's found in Ord Mantell yet, hence the Lost Island. Um, and it's a volcanic island, and... We didn't have much time. They gave us about 15 minutes. <laughs> so by the time we got to sit down, we got in, we got past the instancing bugs. We found out like I was playing a mercenary bounty hunter, and I have never played that before. So by the time we got our keybind set and we got everybody together and we got in ready to go, we really only had like five minutes seven, to go. <laughs> ten minutes, yeah. And so we got up to the first. Like, we were chain-pulling stuff, and we got to the first boss, not knowing what any of the mechanics were, and we got it, we literally had a 1% wipe on it, but um, it, it, it was all, it's all, at that point, up to that point, it was all basically beast kind of bosses, right. no, no certain, like, humanoids or anything, so um, it looks like it's going to be a little bit different, but it is going to be the second half of the... The, the conclusion of the Rise of the Rackle story that came out with 1.1. And then another big news thing, too, was the group finder that they're going to be putting out, which a lot of people are finally happy about. Of course, they did say that they are reserving it to your server, so it's not going to be cross-server. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, I actually had this the second night we had a dinner with developers, and so when... It was weird how they had it set up. When we went in, they had a developer or two at each table in the big ballroom, and 
it was a free-for-all. You go sit where you want. So I saw Stephen Reed and James Olin at a table with nobody there, and I made a beeline there. So <laughs> I, got to, I got to sit next to him and pick his, his brain for all of dinner. And the one thing that he did want to talk about, I mean, as much as he could, was this looking for group feature. Because I know they had said that they, were, they wanted to expand on what they already have in game. But on the other hand, they also know that WoW has kind of spoiled people, um, especially more casual folks who don't want to spend the time or can't spend the time putting groups together. So they have, I mean, he, he likened it to the PvP queuing system, saying, I, I don't know, we have it in for PvP now, I don't see why we can't do it for um, not only just flashpoints and possibly operations, but even heroic quests too, or heroic uh, missions, because a lot of those are instanced. So um, they're, they're looking, they're, they don't want to just copy what other MMOs do. They want to innovate in this area, but they also want to maintain the sense of community that they have. So, the, I mean, everybody knows the big problem with, you know, LFV or LFG and LFD in, in WoW is the fact that since everybody is essentially nameless, you can go in there and just be a complete jerk to other people and really ruin it. Um, and they don't want that to happen with this. So they're being really careful about balancing the need to cater to people who don't have the time or inclination to spend, you know, an hour putting a group together, just spamming a trade channel and, um, and not letting people, you know, do what they want to do in the time that they have to do. So I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it'll be helpful. See, I, we got to speak to Stephen Reed as well, a few episodes back. And then we also uh, talked to uh, Daniel Erickson on uh, for the lore. And it's funny because it talked about the, the looking for group tool and whatnot. And I'm of the opinion actually that it should be cross server because unfortunately the idea of community within one server, I don't, I think to a certain degree, it's idealistic. I don't think that it's what they believe it is. And yeah. because you can group with people on the server and come across bagfuls of asshats. <laughs> yeah. They are everywhere. So the concept that just by restricting to a server, there's going to be less likelihood of that. I actually don't buy into that anymore. I, I've played enough MMOs to know that that's not how it works. If somebody is an idiot, they're going to be an idiot, whether it, there's the repercussion of a bad rep on the server or a bad rep, no rep, throughout because it, there's no implications and again between pvp and various groups i've seen it already time and time again nobody cares about their rep on a server why would they yeah and it's and it's weird because that's the same answer that they give for why there are no realm forums or server forums um and i know a lot of that has to do with the fact that they don't want to have to do with the overhead of maintaining them they have over 200 servers they don't want to have to have you know mods for that many extra forums but uh it's it's weird. I, I, I agree with you there. I think it would be better to have a cross-server, especially if um, they're not going to have the population in game that WoW does. So Yeah, that's a big uh, one. It, doing it just same server is, I think, going to be somewhat limiting. I, I admire that, they're, that they want to keep that stuff balanced rather than just say, hey, let's just make a huge pot of people and throw them all in the mix. That they're keeping all that stuff um, in, the, in the front of their mind. I just don't know how it'll actually work out in theory. Well, again, going back to what you're saying too, there there simply are not enough people in the game right now, and they're spread so thin that some servers, this will have no impact whatsoever because right. there's just not enough people on that server. Whereas if they did open it up so that there were... Uh, the, so that the cross-server worked, then those people would be able to enjoy doing the stuff that everybody else takes for granted kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, moving on from there, they also discussed repair costs, which are astronomically high once you get to the 50s. Yeah. Um, yep. They talked about the disparity between PvP and PvE gear and what they want to do with the new PvP gear that they're going to be uh, releasing. We'll talk about that in PvP. They also talked about the threat meters and the DPS meters. Yep. That is something that has got people really polarized because we've seen what the DPS EPN has done in WoW and how everybody is expected to spec a specific way. You take only specific people and classes to, um, to raids and whatnot, and... We have not had that to the same degree in the Old Republic now, and people have been more free to do what they want with their characters without the, um, and well, you can relate to that too as a guild leader, without a guild leader or a ops leader saying, no, you should speculate this if you're coming along. What right. are your thoughts, though? I I think, I, I thought the whole presentation that Georg Zoller did was actually, I mean, it kind of hurt your brain because there was so much data but it was really helpful. Um, the combat log that they're putting in, 
I think is a really interesting and smart way to do it because it's going to allow you the opportunity to parse all that data because it, it the combat log is going to show everything about you, the damage you did, the damage you took, um, what killed you, all that sort of things um, without showing everybody else's. And it's going to write that to disk as well. So it'll output it, I'm assuming, to some sort of text file. So then if you are in a guild that wants to take all that information and parse it together and see what everybody else is doing, you can create you know, a third-party program to do that, but not put it in where it's accessible to everybody. So if you want that data, you're going to have to work a little bit at it, which I think is, a, is great. Um, do you really think it's going to be that restricted, though? Because I look at this and I see floodgates that are going to be open, and then it's not going to take any time whatsoever between before the min-maxers start posting everything on the elitist jerks type of sites that this is what you want, this is the spec, here's the numbers for it to quantify the numbers, uh, and then this is what you should do if you are in a raid. I don't know that that's going to be as important. And again, I could be totally wrong with this. We, we saw that happen in WoW because that's how it was in EQ rating. And then when we hit WoW, it was the same thing because there was... At that point, there was there was rating. It was here's the one rate. Now that we have, in WoW and both in the Old Republic, three tiers of rating, I think I don't know that people are going to be that focused on having to have that. Like the the high end raiders, they're already doing that. You know, they're already doing the work and they're trying to figure out what the best spec is and where each little talent point goes. For me, in the in the normal and hard modes that I've been doing. Yeah, I mean, we're focused right now on just making sure that we have the right class buffs in and, and things like that. And that's that's really what you need for that level. I think this gives you a good chance between those who really want to do the Ultraman Max stuff and those who, you know, just want to go in and see the story and have a little bit of a challenge in hard modes and do things like that without having to make it another job. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on from there, and this is something that I'm sure Tristan is going to be happy about too. Is the they're working? They've got a space mission project in the works. Yep. I want to know what it is. <laughs> yeah, you, you and me both. That's a that's a second time I've heard James Olin say that there's a secret um, project in the work having to do with space. Um, no idea what it could be. I mean, they. I think they acknowledge that what they have in game is not what Star Wars fans really wanted. I don't think it's bad. I think it's just not what their expectations were whether that's good or bad um so i don't i don't foresee them doing a whole rewrite and putting something in like they had in star wars galaxies but i i think it expanding on it um maybe adding some more customization different you know different options within there maybe adding pvp or something like that or adding some sort of group content that you can do um, i think that would be probably more attainable than people expecting it to be a whole complete rewrite of the space system and making it all uh, open world sandbox stuff, which I, I don't, I don't know that that's really, <laughs> really attainable. No, I don't think so. But like Tristan and I have discussed it quite a bit too. Where in it would be nice if they opened up um, group combat. Um, yeah, that's something Tristan you were talking about that too quite a bit. Yeah, having like two ships side by side fighting off the waves of enemies. That would be cool. It would not only be cool, but it would make sense since this is an MMO. You know, there's no reason to do stuff just on your own for it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then, of course, they started talking about more open-world bosses as well in 1.2, which, again, <laughs> Tristan keeps bugging me, wants to tackle all of the world bosses. Yeah. So it's going to be nice so that when they start implementing more of those as well. I think that'll be good because as far as what I'm seeing in our guild, and I know that's just a tiny cross-section, I don't know that I'm seeing a lot of people actually do those. I know there was a lot of interest at the beginning, um, but for whatever reason it's kind of waned um i think they uh, need to add more variety add more yeah. of them add more variety make them um challenging fights um though certainly not impossible and yeah. then you're gonna have more people tackling them uh, and again some of these um these world bosses too like you need to be quite a bit higher level than them before you can tackle them it'd right. be nice if they made it so that you can have a group of eight of that level be able to effectively take them down kind of thing yep i think yeah I, you say you need like 20 to take down one of the world bosses yeah so it's pretty nuts uh okay so let's talk a little bit about pvp too i don't know if you're a hardcore pvp or just mainly pve uh i i haven't done as much lately but i i never really did much pvp in wow because i didn't like the attitude that came with a lot oh, yeah. of it yeah but it's a lot different in 
in the old republic where I've, i feel like it's a lot more accessible so i do a lot more than than i uh than i did in wow but i've been mainly focusing on just leveling alts yeah. so we got a new war zone that's coming out and then the ranked pvp as well where they're going to be doing the seasons essentially like wow yep. uh we're gonna get more dailies Warzone dailies uh more medals as well uh finally the vote to kick although that is a very very tricky thing to implement as well uh-huh so that, that that can go either way and be very bad very fast uh the new pvp tier which is going to be your war hero so and they're talking there's going to be quite a disparity between the the current battle master and the war hero there's going to be a big change there it's going to be quite noticeable uh you're going to get your new pvp crafting as well so that you'll be able to make some gear with expertise on it which when you're level 50 oh my god you need that expertise otherwise yep. you get your butt you handed to you yep they're it's like walking into WoW with no resilience. Oh, yeah. They're finally getting rid of the bag system in 1.2. And I am so happy. That is the dumbest system for allocating yeah. your high-end PvP gear that I have ever seen. It's, it's completely it so random. random. It, yep. and it shouldn't be. You're working your butt off. It should not be random. You buy what you want. Yeah. So I am glad that is going the way of the Dodo. I think I think the best thing about this is they're... they're seeing issues like that and they're making really quick corrections you know because if they went through this whole thing for like the before the next expansion and we're like eh, we'll just keep seeing how it goes for the entire time you know for a year year and a half i think that would be bad but they're making some pretty quick corrections with it and i thought that was really impressive and they have been doing that <clears throat> pardon me they have been doing that for pretty much everything too the, the the course correction from the dev team with this game has been fantastic i'm very very impressed yep um finally some cross fact or some same faction where they're calling a training mode kind of thing which is going to alleviate the queue times as well which is very good Yep. Which will and also the new Warzone is is going to be same faction like Hotball too. So you're not gonna if they're if you're on a server with a lot of imbalance that you aren't just gonna see Hotball day in day out. And it's gonna help you as well in terms of hopefully the ranking is gonna get a little bit better ranking matching kind of thing, um, so that there's less of a chance to get your ass handed to you if you are going up against some servers have a much stronger um, imperial or republic side kind of thing. And I know that on our our um, our where we're playing our republic uh, characters, holy crap, the imperials are just wiping our tail every yeah. single match. So. So that's going to be nice to open that up. And then we're going to see the cross-server ranked Warzone queuing. That's going to make a big difference as well. And, go, and it's going to make it too so that you want to queue in the afternoon. You don't have to worry that you're going to be worrying for a couple of hours. You can you can do your war zones. Yep. Uh, and then there's going to be some bracketed tournament as well, which is going to be nice. Uh, the persistent groups, I like that a lot. So you get your group together and just keep ripping through as many as you want. Yeah, that sounds like something they really wanted to have in at launch, but for some reason it was something that just kind of hit the back burner. It's a quality of life thing where, yeah, it's kind of annoying, but it's something that they can fix down the line. Yeah. Uh, more open world PvP. They're really pushing that a lot. They're saying that they're working on it. And, of course, crap loads of work done on Ilum, which, I mean, most people have known that Ilum has just been broken from the get-go. Yep. You can appreciate maybe what they were trying to do with it, but the implementation just wasn't right, and there's just been problem after problem with it. Yeah, I think it really kind of upset people that Ilum is being taken off the table for a while for them to completely rework it, because it really is the only open world area i mean there is the smuggler's den on tatooine but i don't know that many people really use it ilum is the way to go um and i think it was really kind of a, there were a lot of the, the harder harder core pvp guilds that when they heard that they were really honked um but i i mean it's one of those things where you're kind of damned if you do damned if you don't where it does need a serious rework and it needs to go back to the drawing board and you can't just let something that with wind trading and and other things that can just be so easily exploited be out there um but also kind of it takes one thing off the table for people to do. So I think I, I think people will be a little bit easier on it once because they'll have rank war zones to do and they won't have to spend, you know, use Elm as a way to, to really gear up as well. They'll have a whole new, uh, actually a few new things PvP-wise to do. 
And I think that that's exactly why they're implementing that as fast as they are as well, because it's one of those they know there's going to be that backlash that you're talking about. So here's something else to do while we're working on it. And, And judging by the speed that we've seen them work on other things, I would assume that this is going to be a priority that's going to be fixed fairly fast. The only thing that worries me is that once again, I mean, it's all well and good to say you're going to fix it, but that doesn't mean it's going to be working well when you re-implement it with the changes either. So it's right. we're really, really hoping for the best there because it, oh God, it needs to be worked over. Yep. Okay, let's all move on to Legacy, which is, uh, I'm going to actually let Tristan cover this one. This is something that we're very excited for. Yeah, first they announced the Legacy tree, so you can make, like, whoever you want, you can actually make the family of your characters do you do any sort of stuff like that i you know ever since i heard this being announced it went into my head and i've been trying to think of like how would i balance this and i think it's a very cool way to do it especially when daniel erickson said that when they were initially creating the game they said one of the temples that they had was the legacy part of it so um the the only i think it's a very awesome idea the only disappointment that i have with it is that it's not going to include um, your companions at all, which is somewhat confusing to me since romancing and your companions and having them, uh, you know, get married and things like that in the game. Sorry if that's a spoiler for some people, but um, it's it's a big, big part of it. And not being able to put that in initially, that to me seems like a <sighs> that's something that should be in there, you know. Because what's the point of, you know, marrying your companion in game if then you go through and you say, oh, well, I could just make it another character of mine or something like that, which I don't know. Something about that just doesn't sit right with me. I agree. I'm sure they'll have it fixed out, but it just it seems like such a huge part of it to leave out that I, I don't know. It just when they told me that that wasn't going to be in at launch, I was I was a little upset. I mean, granted, there's like two tons of awesome stuff that's coming with it. If that's the only thing that's not, I think I'll, I'll survive. But if you're a very serious role player, it, it kind of breaks certain aspects of your story and your game. Cause oh, hugely, yeah. it's, it's something that again, if you're looking at it in terms of somebody who is enjoying the stories more and enjoying the role play of it. If, if like you say, you create a character, level it to 50, marry a companion, and then your plan is through the legacy system, that you have a child and then you play that child from then on through the legacy system, it's not going to appear as such. It's not going to, it won't make sense. It won't be that cohesive um, version of what you want it to be. Yeah. And then what if, what if, what I, what I'm afraid of, and I wanted to check this when they told us we were going to test 1.2, but we only really got to see the new flashpoint in the UI. What is it going to be final? Like when you go through and you make your family tree and then you hit apply or whatever it's going to be, can you ever change that? So if they end up going in and adding companions to be able to fit in there, then how does that work? I don't know. It, it, it's kind of, it's a little frightening at that point. Yeah. All right. What else kiddo? Well, next there's actually the legacy species. So if you get to level 50 on a character, you can actually use that species on any other thing. So you could have a Jedi being a pure blood Sith, which is oh <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I, I'm kind of torn on that because uh, the, the the geek in me says, this is just awesome. This is gonna be cool. But then again the the the, uh, the the part of me that respects the story and making staying true to the story thinks, huh, really a pure blood Jedi? Sith Jedi? It 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 doesn't fit. It wouldn't work. It do, well, and and the way that they explained it, because you are not the first person to bring that up to them, is that these are all one-offs, right? So they want to give you the freedom to create your own story. And while for the most part, and it's going to take a lot of work to un- unlock that. You know, you it's to to level something to fifty is while I know for a lot of people it's not a big deal, but for most players who aren't you know putting in fifty hours a week or whatever, it is kind of a big deal. Um, and so they want to make sure that if you want to do that, you can. The other thing, the only the thing with that that I think is is kind of uh, questionable as well, but I can see why they did it is the fact that most of these things aren't. That's not going to be the only way to unlock it, right? So, just leveling a character to fifty isn't going to be the only way. Let's say you want a Chiss on the Republic side, it's not going to be the only way to get it. It's also going to be unlockable for credits, um, but it's going to be a ridiculous amount of credits because they want to give people who don't play a lot of 
additional characters the option to get these um, legacy bonuses as well. So that to me is going to seem a little strange where, um, you know, I, I think playing through a character and leveling, you know, them and fitting them into your legacy and putting that thought behind it is awesome. But to have people who are just going to create goofy ones just for the sake of creating goofy ones, uh, I don't know. That kind of sticks out to me. See, for me, the being able to buy it is a cheat because I look at it not from a... Um, not from the perspective of the the gamer who doesn't have a lot of time, and so this is just an easy way of doing it, but I look at it as a development cheat wherein they're creating a money sink. So for me, that's how I see it. I don't see it as anything that fits into the story or that nope. will be that, that EPing where somebody worked for it and I worked so hard for it and now I've got it. That's not going to mean anything when Mr. Level, you know, whatever, who just happens to have a lot of money is doing the same thing and it's just because it's that money sink that they, they need. And they've said that quite a bit here too when they talked about the economy. They need money sinks. Yep. There are, there are a lot of, well, I shouldn't say a lot, there are a significant amount of people that have um, a good amount of money in their account, but it's still, it's not as high as everybody thinks it is. So, um, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see how it, how it wraps out and what the pricing is going to be, because if it's like a million credits, it's one thing. If it's like 10 million, that's a whole different story. Yeah. All right. What else, kiddo? There's also the Legacy Global Unlocks. For once you reach 50, you could unlock the heroic ability for that character. That's so crazy. You could, <laughs> yeah, you could use Force Choke on Republic characters, it said. I actually was looking at that. And again, it's the 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 the... the, the lore nerd in me is going yeah and you're trying to make sense of it and i can rationalize that one a little bit more because basically they're techniques that the others are learning yeah and so when you rationalize it that way it's like okay now i'm really looking forward to leveling as many classes i can to 50 so that when i start a new baby alt god damn they're gonna be pretty powerful yeah it's again this is one of the things where they want you to be able to create your own story and not just say well just because you know xy isn't in you know z then we can't do it they want to give you it's a reward for playing through the content it's a it's a carrot you know that they're dangling out in front of you i think the balancing side of it at least on paper sounds pretty cool um the fact that it's going to be tied into the heroic moment that you have where it's going to be on a 20 minute cooldown it's going to require you to have your companion out so you can't have like you know eight or 16 people who have leveled every class go in and just totally you know blow up ops bosses or screw people over in pvp um it's really only going to be for you know solo content um and they're on their own cooldown too so it's it's not something that you don't actually get force choke you get an ability like a stronger ability of force choke that has a 20 minute cooldown Next is the completing a companion character unlocks a special bonus to your character. That's kind of interesting as well and will force people to actually work on their companion quest lines as well. Yep. I don't know if that's something that you do a lot of yourself. I have, uh, I think, five companions totally maxed out affection on my trooper. And two on my Jedi Knight. So yeah, I that's I like to see the, lot, yeah. the stories. I'm, I'm a... I love all this, the Bioware story, so I like to see, especially the companions that I'm a little bit more interested in, like on the Trooper, I wanted to see the whole M, uh, M14X story. I wanted to see the whole, of course, romancing Alara. I wanted to see that whole story. I wanted to see more of um, uh, Eric Jorgen. And then with my Jedi, I definitely wanted to see more of um, Lord Scourge and, spoiler, sorry, um, and uh, Kira. I wanted to get those stories. Um so I, I yeah I kind of dive in all that and the fact that now they're not only you know adding to that but they're going to make it a little bit deeper and add more rewards to it that's really awesome yeah definitely there's also the alignment abilities unlocked so if you're really e really evil or really good you'll have new abilities to use and that's going to be the same too like it uh, for valor as well as social so they're really pushing through in the same way that they are with the heroic ability to do the same with the your dark side light side alignment as well as valor and social yep they and they said there will eventually be a gray tier too 
but uh, that won't be in at 1.2. It'll come farther on down the line. Okay, moving on, kiddo. There's also emergency fleet pass cooldown reduced. So instead of 24 hours, it'll be smaller. I don't know how much, but that'll be nice. Yeah, there are going to be a lot of little bonuses like that. Um, I know a couple of things they talked about was um, finding a way for you to get your speeder at early levels or they're boosting um, sprints to level one now um, just as a base, but then they're going to add in a second level of sprint that's kind of a, uh, they're calling it jetpack. It's a short duration movement speed uh, buff f that you can unlock through Legacy 2. So it allows them to give you cool little tricks and toys that um, for no other, like you can't lock that into a class, you know. So it's one of those things where you just get rewarded for having higher and higher Legacy levels. Yeah. And it's cool too for the jetpack thing. All the characters have rocket boots except for bounty hunters that actually use their jetpack to fly around. Yep. Little bonus that for bounty I'm hunters. Excited yeah. For. <laughs> yeah. Might as well use it if they have it. There are new ship items. Don't know much about them. The ship items are going to be pretty slick. They, based off of legacy unlocking, you'll be able to get things like a training dummy. You'll be able to get like a neutral GTN, a mailbox, and things like that. And that's going to be tied specifically to your legacy level. So it's not one specific character. So once you unlock it, you'll unlock it for everything. They're also going to let you have an astromech on your ship that you can sell things to. You can, you know, buy certain things from. But it'll not only does it unlock that stuff, but it lets you unlock items for your your ship droid that give them certain bonuses for crafting or for gathering or for mission, things like that, that are interchangeable. So you don't lock your ship droid into one thing. So if you want him to be super boosted on one crafting skill or something like that, you can do that rather than right now where they're just, they don't have any bonuses at all. So it'll give you some pretty good flexibility. That's huge. That's really huge. Actually. I can't, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm more happy about that or the, uh, the restraining bolt to shut him up. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty big too. But, uh, yeah, no, that's absolutely fantastic because nobody, uses them for anything else right so it's going to be nice that you're going to actually be able to get your bonuses to your crafting and this was we saw a lot of bonuses to crafting that they're doing with this patch so this works right in with that uh what else we got kiddo we've got legacy weapons and armor coming in so at higher levels you can find items that you could give to your low levels yep that's gonna be great yeah it's yeah. it's a lot of people are thinking it's going to be like the heirloom system in WoW, which it's not. They're going to be um, the to tokens will actually drop, and then you can purchase things for specific alts with those tokens. Um, but they're only going to be for certain level bands, so it's not something that you can get and then use uh, the whole way up. I think it'd be cool if they had orange items that you could get, and then you could just mod those the whole way, like a certain orange armor set that had um, something that they could use the the entire leveling time, but uh, who knows? There's a lot of things that could come. Yeah, yeah, and it'll make different looks for characters too, so that not all high-end... Well, people do look different with the different armors, but it'll give cool new armors to people who really work on Legacy. Right. All right, and then they talked about the future of what we can expect from Legacy 2, if you want to rip through all of those quickly, kiddo. Yeah, there's the character-specific rewards, which we sort of talked about with the weapons and armor. There's customize your gameplay for each alt you play. Yeah, the, there's uh, there's going to be points, it sounds like, you can put into it for if you are a PvPer or if you only want to level through PvP, you can customize that certain character to get certain um, skill bonuses or experience bonuses just from... Uh, uh, PvP, or if you only want to do certain types of PvE, you can do it the same way. So you're you're able to kind of customize your leveling experience rather than feeling like, okay, I'm starting a new character, I have to do the same thing I've done every time over and over, which I think that will entice people who may not want to level more characters to actually do it. There was the uh, the Q and A as well after that because that's pretty much it. So we're getting the uh, they were talking about they they're going to continue into well into one point three as well. But um, what was some of the good Q and A that we got here, kiddo? That we saw the uh... they said they're not putting in dual spec, but rather multi spec, yeah. so you could have a whole bunch of different specs at once. Yep, and initially it'll just be a spec change. 
but it'll change your bars as well. They said down the line they'll not only have that, but they'll also have it be gear set changes too, so that when you switch your different spec, you'll have different gear slots, and it'll automatically change your gear based off of uh what spec you choose see to me that's pretty huge that's that's huge yeah. huge because i love playing hybrids so yep. i want to heal but i also want a dps and so this is something that i'm really looking forward to a lot right and all the classes that are in the game even the advanced classes everyone is technically a hybrid so if you wanted to have one where you could be well they're they're all hybrids because they'll always they have one you know a pure damage and they have a utility whether it's healing or tanking and then they have the shared tree which is uh, more or less supposed for pvp so if you have multi-spec on your characters it's feasible to use all three yeah. and have different gear sets for all three so that i think that makes a lot of sense yeah definitely okay keep going kiddo there's gonna be cosmic ship upgrades but not related to legacy. Yeah. Yeah, so that's still quite a while down the line to the way that it sounded. Yep. Yeah, there's cross-faction emailing now. Finally. So now <laughs> you won't have to put it on the bank, then get it before anyone else steals it. Because that's yeah, what we've been doing. Yeah, yeah, I did it too, and it's frustrating, <laughs> especially with the percentage loss that you have too. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I just put it on for because I use my son's account, and so then I have the laptop by the iMac, and so what I do is I just put it up, and I put it up for maybe ten bucks, but yeah. then I make sure that I immediately buy it on the other account yeah. so that I don't have to worry about anybody sniping it. But then you got to be careful, and you got your eyes out wondering if anybody's gonna get it. Yeah, I just transfer money over, so I don't have to worry about that. If I had an item, that would be scary. Yeah, well, I've been doing items because I tend to have um, some some really nice slicing crits from my smuggler and so i'm getting all of these schematics and everything so i just send them over to my imperial side yeah that's sharp uh what else we got oh they talked about legacy banks in the works but that's not coming for a little while yet so yep. that's i'm um, that i'm looking forward to the biggest thing that i was disappointed about though and i talked about this with uh, with both the guys as well when i interviewed them i'm really disappointed that they're not going to allow us to do some of the changes post character creation because a lot of us have our eight slots filled up yep. they, I, uh, it really ticks me off me too and that's why i've i mean i'm notorious for mostly playing humans so that's when i at first i was like man that really sucks and i'm like well i don't really know what i would make otherwise too but it, it might cause me to re-roll some characters that i wouldn't before um Mainly, like, change my Inquisitor from a human to a Zabrak since you'll unlock all the Imperial Zabrak colors on the Republic side. Maybe do my Bounty Hunter I just made as a, as a Chiss and then eventually do uh, a Chiss Smuggler. I don't know. It'll, it'll give me some, some options. But, yeah, there's – I wouldn't mind – the option to change existing ones, but I also know that the tech on that could be pretty tough to implement in such a short time. I don't know about that. I, I don't know. They, it, it can't be that difficult. The, the, I don't know. I, it, it, it pisses me off. Although, if you're like Sinister, this is a joke. He, he deletes characters willy-nilly yep. and recreates them. I get attached to my guys, yep. and I work my tail off on their, especially the crew skills and everything else. I don't want to do it again. Yeah, I've got one character on our main server right now that is a baby level one that I just reserved the name. And that's the only one that I can play with and do whatever I want. The others, I've all... I've leveled them all, so. Yeah, I know that I get pretty worked up about this, but I think when push comes to shove, I'll still be the same guy playing another human male character. So. <laughs> okay, let's move on to some of the other stuff just to touch on it ever so briefly. So we got the, they talked about the economy, and they had metrics for the crew skills, the money sinks, the average bank account size for 50s, the faction selection, which they're looking at a 57% for Empire and 42 for Republic. Which, which is, is a lot better than I thought it was. It is. It's bad math, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm surprised, actually. I expected it was much higher Empire side. So did I. But the the server disparity, I think, is probably what's going to be playing into most of that, where it's going to be... That is just overall, right? So that's every server compared yeah. with every server. So who knows? There could be somewhere it's, you know, 60-40 or 70-30, and, and it, we don't really know. Um, I was very interested with the class and advanced class metrics as well. Uh, fairly surprised at the low amount of smugglers that we're yeah. seeing in Imperial Agents. I would have thought there were, because you see a lot of them in PvP, that's for damn sure. 
Yeah, I I under like I can understand the smuggler thing. Um, it's kind of it's tough to get behind. Which there's a lot of people who like the Han Solo sort of feel. Um, but when you get to the Republic side, everybody wants to be a Jedi. Um, and that's kind of what the fear was before launch two, where they had to make some changes to the smuggler because people were like, well. Playing a Star Wars character, yeah, being Han Solo is cool, but what can we do gameplay to make that fun? Um, and so the changes to it, I, I know, is, has, have been pretty tough. Imperial Agent, I'm really surprised um, because I, all I've heard from people who play Empire Side is, oh, I have an Imperial Agent, and I love it, and the story's great, and the gameplay's fun, and um, and all sorts of stuff. And so I was, yeah, I was definitely surprised to see that too. Yeah, of course, the biggest numbers we got are the Sorcerers at 9.5%, which are tied with the Mercs at 9.5 as well. Yep. That, I, I'm not really surprised. I'm seeing, and I've got one. That's my my 150 is a sor- Sorcerer, and uh, and she is dangerous as all hell, boy. And I yeah. love the play style. I, I absolutely adore her. And uh, and then the, the Merc is a fantastic play style as well. Tristan, is yours a Merc or a Power Tech? Power Tech. Yeah. So mine is a Merc, because uh, I've got a level, what is he now? He's at 36, I believe, or something like that. Um, Merc, and um, and I, I enjoy playing him a lot. So Power Tech, you're looking at 4% too. That is not a lot. It's, yeah. So it's like I, Trooper Tanks. Trooper Tanks are a few and far between. Yeah, but Vanguard's 3%. Holy crap. That is yep. very low. That's so, because there's the ginormous gun you could use if you go commando. <laughs> yeah. It is awesome. Well, I yeah. think it's the idea that people, you get a trooper and you then you're like, okay, well, I like, you know, for me, I, I, I thought about going Vanguard until I realized that playing a Vanguard trooper, you're not playing a range class you're essentially playing a very melee heavy class which to me doesn't really make a lot of sense as a trooper um if i'm a trooper i want to be standing in the back blowing things away i'm not a big fan of the assault cannon but if i'm going to play range i'm going to play ranged i don't want to play something i think is ranged that's actually melee so i i think it's kind of i don't know it's it's weird it's it's kind of a weird weird balance for a class for an advanced class Okay, let's move on to uh, the role-playing uh, panel that they had as well. Um, I know, Tristan, you were pretty excited about the more emotes because you love those. Yeah, they're so cool <laughs> just running around doing emotions. And then we got uh, chat bubbles finally. The the Again, they, they, correct me if I'm wrong, but they seem to be stressing a lot on the orange gear. There's going to be so many changes to orange gear and how you can crit on them now to have your augment slots, which is going to effectively make them even more powerful than endgame now. Um, And then a lot more different styles and things like that. Like there was a lot of talk about orange, which I'm happy about. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I think it's good because what's the point of getting all this cool orange social gear um, when you're locked into using whatever your tier gear is at 50. So you get all that cool stuff because I, my bank, I'm, uh, I'm, I should be the first episode of uh, Old Republic Hoarders. My, I have, my bank, I just have every piece of orange gear, every orange weapon, every orange everything um, still in my bank for the day that we can do that because there's a lot of really cool looks. And I think they're realizing, especially with what Rift has done and what WoW has done now recently with, with the, the Transmogrify stuff, that people, that how people look in game and the different looks that they can create is becoming a lot more important than oh, what it very, used to be. Very, yeah. very, yeah. Of course, so, I do not want to see the male slave outfit. I'm sorry, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I, I don't. I would love to know who actually thought that was a good idea. <laughs> okay, uh, let's move on to the guild stuff. This is, I'm sure, quite important to you as well. Um, finally, the guild banks, which I'm sure you'll agree with me, should have been in from the start. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, you're. you're, you're I was the same way with Blizzard too. I'm, I'm not going to fault them for what they included and what they didn't include at launch because I would much rather have a more stable game, a core at, at launch, and then I, I'm patient enough to wait for those things. Would it have been helpful? Yeah. But, I mean, I would rather them take the time and put it in right. And it sounds like that's what they've really done with this. They've really gone through and taken what other games have done and, and expanded on it a little bit so it fits really well in this. Yeah, a little disappointing, though, that we're not getting everything in 1.2. Like, post-1.2 is when we're going to see the calendar and the emblems and advertising and <sighs> guild progression and things like that. There's a finite amount of dev time, you know, and there's there's really only a certain amount of things that they can prioritize. So I, I'm okay with that. The thing that really concerns me about not being in is the fact that guild management, especially with them bringing all of us down, we didn't really get a chance to voice that. Um, guild management is kind of a pain. Um, the guild management window is really tough to use. Yep. Um, 
you i have no idea as a gm of who invites who who promotes who who quits the guild how many accounts we have in the guild when the guild was actually created all sorts of stuff like that that has become very um you know very customary in other guilds or in other games and then in this one we don't have a lot of those tools i mean even the guild detail window it's in there and you can see it and you can edit it as a gm and you have a huge window to put stuff in but it'll only display the first two lines so it's stuff like that that i would i would love to see um more more feature more feature put in there to to be used for for gms because it's it's very difficult for those sort of things the guild detail window is good um, but it really just doesn't <laughs> it's not really cutting it right now no not at all i agree and uh, of course the last thing too is this thing that i'm sure tristan is the most excited about as well the ui no the capital ships <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. those are gonna be awesome yeah we don't know anything about them though so i mean i i i'm I'm patient. And well, I'm the worried. nerd in me is just thinking it's going to be awesome. It has to be. Hanging <laughs> on the ship with the emblems. Yeah. Damien Schubert says that this is his new pet project. This is what he's, it sounds like what he's spending the most of his time on. And so I think they don't, and, and they made a point to say there that they're not going to announce anything with this until they can do something that's really cool. So it's not going to just be, you know, a social place to hang out. I think it's going to be, because they announced, they, they said the same thing with guild progression, which sounds like guild leveling kind of like WoW has, where it's going to be pretty tied into that. I think that'll, that will be very cool. Um, if it's not just a place to hang out, but if, you know, there might be things that you can do with it, there might be ways to use it rather than just a social hangout. Um, uh, there's a lot of cool things. That could yeah, be I, I think that it's going to be basically you really want to put in as many things in there as possible so that it can become a place where there is that the interaction that you need with your guild so that you can have a section that's set aside for the role player, have a little section that's set aside for the people that are planning their raids or whatever kind of thing. Um or your ops or your flashpoints or integrate different things like the calendar into it so that it's more of a role-playing experience to go in and check everything that's going on. You know, have the little cantina area where people can play the mini games that they're eventually going to be putting in, um, like the card game and things like that. So yep. I think that if they do it right, it's going to take a hell of a lot of work. But if done properly, oh my God, it would be astounding and would really pull a guild together as well. You also got to wonder how much it ties into the the space project that's in the worst works too yeah you know there's a lot of things that they could do with it okay let's end with the ui stuff because uh that is something that a lot of people are excited about myself included too um we're not getting everything in 1.2 but we are going to be getting quite a bit of things like the streamline ui the uh the retro mode that they're talking about with the chat on the bottom but not just that but you can actually edit it and put things everywhere that you want they're not giving us extra quick slot bars but we are going to be able to move them and change them so that they can be boxes instead of bars that's a huge one for me i'm really looking forward to that yep and then we're looking at target to target finally oh my yep. god that's awesome uh and then you're going to be able to save your ui as an xml so that you can share it as well which is going to make it much easier when you want to put it on all of your characters too that's going to be huge Yep, and David Bass said, first person to make a uh, a site to share UI uh, layouts, he'll he'll give them a big plug. So, oh, that's all awesome. of you web designers out there, go go go! Yeah, no kidding. Uh, companions are finally going to get their own bars and not just cover up one of yours. Yep, that's huge. I love that they're working on the Galactic Trade Network as much as they are. I love the quote that it's going to be eighty percent less stupid. <laughs> yeah, the room just kind of blew up when they said that because I think that everybody knows that that's a major problem right now. Oh, it is. It's 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 ridiculous. And then the AP. This is something that's a little disappointing, but a little bit good. I mean, the API is, uh, they're working on it so that they'll be able to release the API to devs. But, I mean, there's no ETA on that. Yeah, and there's been a lot of discussions, and, and we heard it a lot, especially from Gabe Amantangelo, about he would, their idea is not, they don't want to restrict people from creating those sorts of things. What they want, what they would rather do is have a game that tells you what you need to know. Um, where you don't have to spend the entire, like, I mean, of course it's going to be operations where everybody's looking at threat meters, DPS meters, all those sort of things. They would rather, boss mods is a huge thing. They don't want you to have to stare at some announcement of what the boss is going to do. They want to make an encounter that is so cinematic and 
so that when you see it, you know what's going on. And I know that's easier said than done, but I think it's it's really important that, that they stress that because it's really easy to get stuck in the minutia of, well, WoW lets you have um, third-party design add-ons, but this one won't, and that sucks. I'm like, well, maybe. It, it depends on how they address it. I mean, if, if they're going to give you the same game as WoW, but without those options, then yeah, that does kind of suck. But if they're going to take a different path on this, then who knows what it could be. It could be it could be done really, really well. Okay. So what was the best thing that you took out of all of this? <sighs> I, I think it was the fact that they're, and it's easy to say this, but they're very, very in tune with what people want, um, with what the community wants. And I think the, the most impressive thing that I got out of the trip down there was the fact that they all wanted to know what we thought. This wasn't, well, it was somewhat more of a commercial for 1.2 than it was a true guild summit. Um, when we did have one-on-one -on -one time or group on one time with a developer or or someone who has something to do with it, they they really listened to what you had. I mean, the whole the whole first day where they were taking question and answer, uh, Damien Schubert was up there with his iPad writing stuff down and questions like. He didn't know that we didn't have a ready check-in game, and he went in and checked the next day, and there were a couple things that we brought up that he was surprised at, and then yeah. the next day tweeted and saying, this is going to be fixed in 1.2. I found this, confirmed it as a bug, you guys are right. So they, they're really in tune with what the community is is giving them feedback on. I was surprised at some of the things that they said, really? We didn't know that. And you're going, yeah. really? How could you not? Yeah, well, you but, spend all day building the game, yeah. and you don't probably get to play it as much as we do. Then yeah. I think it's, it paid, you know. That happens. Yeah. Tristan, what was the best thing that you read from all of this? Oh, legacy. Okay. <laughs> legacy, legacy, legacy. It oh. is going to be so cool. You got to start working on your legacy level, though. What are you at yeah. now? Three. Three. <laughs> Uh, you got some work ahead of you, kiddo. Yeah, <laughs> I just hit 21 last night. You gotta get, you gotta catch up. Yeah, it's okay. gonna take a while. With that, we're gonna actually end the show. I would like to thank very much Asros for uh, for joining us this week. Of course, you can find him on Twitter at Asros, and uh, your guild is on uh, which server? Juyo. All right, and you want to give out? You're using Asros as your main there as well. Yep, it's yep. I'm on A S R O S or A Z R O S are my two characters. There you go. So if you want to find him and join his guild, look him up. And of course, Tristan and I play on uh, mainly on uh, the Ebonhawk. That's our main realm, and we've been playing on another one for a little bit. But uh, we're gonna leave that one a secret for now. So for thanks. Secret. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us again. And the uh, you can find us on the uh, the interwebs at thedroidcast.com. If you have any comments or questions or whatever, you can send them to thedroidcast at gmail.com and, of course, on Twitter at thedroidcast. So thanks, and we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for having me.